Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. This is another Brewers panel episode featuring three of the most respected and skilled brewers in the state, if not the country. But before we get into that, wanted to let you guys know, rating and review on iTunes, huge help for us. So if you do a rating and review on iTunes, we'll read your review on a future episode and we'll send you some swag too. So let us know that you did that by sending an email, eric at tapthatazy.com or Tag us in a post or DM us on social media. Let us know that you did that, and we'll read your review and send you some swag. So for the second installment of the Brewers Panel series uh, is Trends in Beer. So many people, uh, especially on the beer side of things, thought that the hazy IPA would never stick. But here we are. The style has taken on a whole entire life of its own, capturing fans from all across the board. People say they don't like beer. Some of them try hazy IPA, and they're like, all right. This shit's pretty good. Uh, myself included, big fan of the hazy IPAs. So my guests for this episode, though, have worked their entire lives, as you'll hear Jeff say, worked their entire lives to ensure the clarity of their beer is top-notch. So guests for this one were Jeff Huss from Huss Brewing Company, Andy Ingram from Four Peaks, and Doc Osborne from Pedal House. Huge shout-out to Doc, Julian, and the entire Pedal House family for always being gracious hosts. So in this episode... You'll hear what seems like white noise, but in actuality, it's the fountain right outside the patio area of Petal House, uh, just off the, of uh, Mill Avenue in Tempe. So that ambiance, it's not white noise. It's a beautiful water fountain. So it takes you there. It creates this feeling that you are there. And if you haven't been there, make sure you go. If you have been there, make sure you go. Still, it's a really awesome place. And this is the perfect time of the year for patio weather at breweries. So, all right, let's get into it. Let's tap into Beer Trends. All right, so this is uh, the second Brewers panel that we've done, Andy, right? Yep, number so, two. Uh, first one was uh, Andy, Dave from the shop, and Matt from BRI. We talked really just about the state of the the state. We talked for two and a half hours. Yeah, we did. That was a long one. We did, and some people said that it could have went longer. Huh. I'm like, it definitely, with those three guys, it definitely could have went yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so this one, we're going to talk about uh, beer trends. We're going to talk about, because it's uh, it's an interesting, interesting topic at this point, at this time, right? Because people are chasing the trends or people are running away from the trends. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about that. But let's meet everybody first. So we'll start with this gentleman right here. Mi nombre es Doc El Guapo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Actually, that's not too because we have handsome Derek in there. So I'm probably Doc El Gordo. Doc go. El Gordo. <laughs> that's going to be your next beer name, Doc El Gordo. <laughs> uh, Andy Ingram, uh, Four Peaks Brewery. Excellent, excellent. And Jeff Huss from Huss Brewing Company. Thank you guys so much for joining. So we, I learned something new uh, today. I, actually, I think I knew it, but I'd forgot it. Your first beer job was with this gentleman. Yeah. With Doc, right? Doc and I, uh, I was fortunate enough that Doc hired me 2005, and I was there for about seven and a half years. Nice. Were you were you apprehensive when you saw this this guy walking and like, oh, man, I don't know about him. <laughs> it's a funny story. <laughs> I might have been 175 pounds soaking wet. And... You no, remember it, Doc? I remember the day you came in. Uh, I was working at night on the keg washer. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he came in uh, out of brewer school telling me all about it. He was excited, like so many people are, and uh, but he seemed to have a lot more intelligence than most of the people. And he 
he comes in and I'm I'm still trying to change kegs and I I don't forgot what happened but I was underneath turning a valve and the keg fell off the keg washer hit me in the back of the head uh, as he was saying so do you need any help around here <laughs> I looked up I think it was a blazing saddles quote I was like oh all I could get <laughs> do the big questions when they're dazed yeah he he popped up and he goes I literally saw stars I thought that was something that just happened on the cartoons <laughs> <laughs> like the bird around his yeah, head the yeah. Bird just <laughs> yeah so when I pulled a keg off of his head and back it uh, maybe got me a job who knows you immediately put like a contract and a pen. Yeah. Hey, while you're while you're down there, <laughs> while you're you just, <laughs> this line. That's pretty. Timing. That's pretty cool. So a lot of guys came from uh, both you guys. Like I, I know there was an article in was it uh, Phoenix Magazine? Yeah. Kind of the the Andy Ingram lineage, the brewing tree. Yeah. The from Grandpa Ingram. Yeah. yeah. Grandpa Ingram. Is that what they called you? <laughs> After that one, they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same thing at, at BJ's, right? You guys have had a lot of people that have come kind of through that that realm yeah quite a few yeah some great brewers absolutely man steve from uh steve from um helleva helleva yeah he yeah. was with you guys yeah. most recently before helleva he right was with both of us independently too yeah yeah well, it was I, I got some chick at my brewery too um ah uh, yeah is her name melissa, melissa? yeah, yeah I, I call her wifey I yeah feel <laughs> <a little laughs> right. she likes that one better right <laughs> yeah all right so beer trends like what so over the years, you guys have been you've been in the the business, Andy, since ninety. Well, Ooh, before four, but even before Four Peaks, though, right? Yeah, ninety three, ninety four. Okay, Coyote Springs. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I was in fifth grade, nineteen ninety two. So there you go. I love this show, Eric. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Andy's going through something right now. He was just sharing with me about how he's feeling about his. Uh, ah, I blew out my knee. Yeah. From just wrestling, stepping off a ladder, wrestling a bear. Oh, no, yeah. just stepping stepping off a ladder. ladder. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, top rung though, right? Yeah, right. Backflip with a gainer. <laughs> yeah, uh, nailed it. it. I, I'm sure you did. Yeah. yeah, so it was worth it. Yeah, pulled it a carry strug. You know, <laughs> that's an old record. I, was just, too. I don't know who yeah, that is. Yeah, <laughs> second grade, I think. In that, yeah, <laughs> Jeff, did you get that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Carry <laughs> strug vaults. Yeah. So, what about for you, Doc? How, when did you start brewing? Uh, 96, when BJ's opened their first, professionally, when BJ's opened their first. I was a jackass uh, uh, prior to that, and I uh, yeah. thought I knew everything about making beer. Uh, yeah. I didn't. Now you do, though. But And if yeah. Alex was here right now, he'd tell you a story about that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, all I liked was Shiner Bach back then. Oh, really? That was it? You are picking? No, I didn't really like Shiner Bach. Oh, you didn't? I, uh, <laughs> I, I learned to homebrew in Texas, and there was Bud Miller and Coors and Shiner. So yeah. you you're gonna drink beer you drink shiner it was That's on trap or you found the if you're lucky you might find sam adams in a bottle uh, uh if i could go back and do it again i'd be i'd, I'd probably be a bourbon maker right now i just okay. could have skipped the <laughs> skipped beer all together uh, yeah but then sierra nevada came to the scene and that was game changer for me yeah i know that was a big one for, for everybody's gateway yeah. yeah it really is yeah my generation Jeff, you as well? I think uh, Guinness is kind of what really got me sort of interested in going. And, you know, I, there was a place when I was in college uh, called Chumley's, and it was similar to Papago. Um, had uh, 50 taps and 100 bottles. And um, that's where I started to experience different styles of beer. And, you know, they had the gimmicky passport. Of yeah. course, I went through the passport. Right. And yeah. The world tour. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, helped me figure out what I liked and what I didn't like. And, Pretty cool. Yeah. Still don't like Belgian beer. 
<laughs> still don't? Still don't. Really? Interesting. Not afraid to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys all kind of have that German uh, base, right? I mean, is it, like, would I'm you say? More British, I think. More British. Okay. Four Peaks is, yeah. Okay. That's our base. That's true. Style, yeah. yeah. You guys heavily influenced by the German? Uh, I'm influenced by the dollar. <laughs> uh, we, we thought we were going to be a German Belgian bistro when we first opened, and yeah. uh, people walk in the door. Do you have an IPA yet? Yeah. Uh, no, but we have guest IPAs, and they walk out. So really, all right, fuck it, we'll do an IPA. We did an IPA, and all of a sudden, it's like that it was a one-time deal. Like we're just showing you we can. And nope, number one, we're not seller. coming back until yeah. you uh, <laughs> brew it again. You yeah. guys stayed strong for a long time yeah, too, for sure. Yeah, we held out for. We just figured we'd have everybody else's IPA. I, I was up for the challenge because I, I don't know anything about loggers and and all this, and it's like I get to start over and have fun and learn more stuff. And uh, yeah, no, the uh, the crowd dictates if if you brew well. You know, hoppy lager is my favorite beer, but if it's not in the top five selling, then uh, as you approach capacity, you got to start looking at what you produce. And yeah, uh, so you got to produce what people like. So in a way, I mean, do you, you guys see that as, I mean, as, a, as a, a more general trend then, right? Of you having to follow the trends in, in some ways, right? Whether you want to or not. Sure. I mean, consumers dictate what the trend is. It's not yeah. always the brewer. I mean, there's always one brewer that comes up with the trend and then people realize it sells and then everyone else jumps on it, yeah. which is my main problem with trends. You're not trend setting if you're copying the guy yeah. down the road. Yeah. Which I thought was great when you guys opened. I mean, cool. Do something completely different. But, again, consumers came back. Yeah. And I, and I do think that uh, also when you see a trend, you have to look ahead. Is that trend going to last? What's the next trend? So yeah. we start on that and let, let the other guys have it. You know, the, if you're always chasing the uh, glitter and the uh, lights sale, then you're <laughs> probably shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, yeah. Who so, knows? I didn't think that uh, hazy IPAs would last, but here we are. That's a big one, right? That's a big one. That, I mean, obviously, it's it's. I mean, probably the most popular beer at this point, right? Popular style. Uh, it gets all the bandwidth for sure. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a Hus hazy yet. Yeah, well, I'd be lying yeah. if I told you that they didn't finally break me down. Oh, they finally wore me down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I. Uh, Having a hard time looking at Andy right now because he spent his entire career trying to make beer more clear. Yeah, <laughs> you and Jim. Well, I'm having a hard time looking at you because I might be breaking down myself. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. It's, uh, no, we uh, we have one that uh, I believe we released it last week. I know it's oh, okay. It's, it's out. We shipped it last week, so um, only a handful of people have tried it so far. But we we did make one, so okay. it's there. So. Yeah. How do you? Sorry, I didn't bring any guys. Feel about, yeah, I know. I'm like, well, so, my whole thing with it was I, I, had a, <laughs> I had a hard time with it. You know, I always we have a filter. We spent a lot of money on a filter, and we <laughs> yeah. plan on using it. So, um, I had a uh, a slight hard time with it. Um, that's probably an understatement. But uh, when I was out in California, uh, we took a, a week in San Diego this summer, and uh, by about the ninth different beer I had tried, they all were murky every single one of them and so apparently it was just i realized it was the way that beer looked um and so when we set out to make this um there are definitely two types of hazies i mean you know that visually there are two types there are those that look like just muddy water and there are those that just look like they're kind of unfiltered 
And so that was my big thing is I wanted one that was uh, visually pleasing uh, more so. I don't even know what yours looks like. I know you have one. I saw it on the uh, dock. I saw it on the uh, <laughs> big grin on, on the menu right yesterday now, yeah. or Tuesday last week, rather. So I don't know how murky you went, but um, we tried to keep ours looking slightly murky. If you had one right now, it'd be slightly murky. Okay. It's a little more murky when it's fresh. Uh, okay. I think the trick is... And you can tell which breweries don't get this. Uh, the trick is not to have yeast in your hazy beer. Absolutely. Because that tastes, that's what we all grew up trying to get rid of in our beer. Because yeah. that, when it's done doing its job, it dies. And it tastes like dead. Marmite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, that's uh, right. I mean, that's what you, you send that to Purina and they make dog food with it. And that's yeah. <laughs> uh, not something you want in your beer. I think the trick is getting that, that proline complex with the tannins of the hops to do its thing and get the yeast to settle out before that precipitates that was a big big learning curve for me and then uh, finding out that the best way to do that also creates a juicy flavor from the hops which otherwise would be your um, west coast type flavor and they they release some other compound that sometimes you get apples and pears out of something that used to be pine and citrus uh, but it's kind of cool seeing it but they yeah they do settle out eventually our hazy is uh, well it's at some accounts, it's our best seller, but uh, it, here in-house, it doesn't come close to our standard IPA, so West Coast is still king in these four walls. Is it the White Rabbit? Is that the White is Rabbit, it? Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I've, like, I've heard people talk about it as a hazy, and I, and I think on the menu, it's a white IPA, right? Because it's wheat we use to make okay. it, yeah. Gotcha. Um, like a lot of people use oats. Wheat has a higher concentration of proline, I believe, and we do the... We do a protein rest. I may be doing it actually backwards. I do a protein rest because I want to have more of that amino acid available, uh, but I might be actually removing more of that amino acid by doing it. I, I asked someone smarter than me, and they said, that makes sense, so that's what I've been doing ever since. Yeah. <laughs> we do it with our uh, our beer blanche, too, to help with the haze. Oh, yeah. So. Fantastic beer also. So well, let's can we go back? Andy, were you going to say something? I, I saw you. I had the look on my face. So I was going to say you I fucking did. hate them. You did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Hate the hazies? I don't. I don't love them. Yeah. Honestly, they. Yeah. I, I, I've had so seldom of them that are good. Okay. That it's hard. I just and I, I'll keep trying, and then I just get punished by something that looks like fresh squeezed orange juice and tastes like acid. A mosa. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, but I've found out through the grapevine that a lot of the brewers at Four Peaks want to try one. And I'm the last guy to get in the way. So I, well, yeah, they're we'll all afraid to tell you. <laughs> yeah, definitely they are. Yeah. Uh, Dude, so shut up. We'll, shut we'll up. dip our toe in the hazy pond, I think, here pretty soon. Yeah. Well, so so let's go back to, you know, with you guys starting in the in the mid-90s, both of you guys with the brewing. And, Jeff, what, late 90s for you? That's right. Okay, 2005. So trends then, right? Where, where, I mean, obviously it wasn't as, you know, I think you guys were talking. There was... Jeff, you said when you started, there was 1,700 breweries. Yep. Now there's, we're approaching 9,000. I think that are waiting for licenses. Yeah, it could, yeah. It could be 9,000. Yeah. So, so then I, I'm sure the trends now are way different than what they were back then. But, but what was, what did a trend look like back then? Were there these type of trends? I think there were so few. Raspberry wheats. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fruit beer. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Was that Wicked uh, Pete's? Was that was Pete's, Pete's Wicked? Yeah, yeah. Th- those were heavily fruited, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a couple that just did entire lines of fruit beers. Beartooth, remember Beartooth? Did I get that right? 
That's all they did was fruit lagers and fruit ales. Really interesting. So, but that was like ooh, exotic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but I think there were so there were so few brew pubs and so few in between that it was just a, a, a cool trend was having clean beer. Oh really? Yeah, that, that was, was neat. A tra- yeah, <laughs> that was really cool when you really? could find a place with good clean beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, trends were different. Now it's it, it just seems so crowded and, and everyone's. That's my again back to my problem. I think everyone's chasing the same trends. There's no. To me, there's a difference between being trendy and being innovative. Yeah. And and I think being innovative is in my book, way more admirable than just trying to, you know, jump on a trend and, and see how far you can ride it. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I don't know who's being credited for creating hazy IPAs, but at some point that guy was just went out on a limb, right? And next thing you know, the thing caught fire and it's everywhere. Yeah. So I, who's that next guy? What's that next beer? That's the thing that intrigues me the most. Yeah. I remember you've said that a few times and that, that's, that's really intrigued me. It was, um, if everyone's just chasing wherever the balls are going, like who's the one that that's there's no throwing progress. the balls, right? Who's yeah. the ones that are that are taking those those right. chances to, yeah. So, '90s you had like the the fruited beers, and what about like I mean uh, even like the pale ale, like the the Sierra Nevada pale ale. Would like once that gained popularity, where people like trying like all right, we're going to make a great pale ale now instead of this long line of of light loggers. Well, the great example there is was Vinny at at Blind Pig. You know, coming okay. out with with Blind Pig, yeah. and eventually became Pliny. You know, no one hopped beers at those rates yeah. back then, except Anchor might have with Liberty. Okay. That was a bitter bastard. I don't know yeah. if you remember that one. <laughs> that's, that's the very first American IPA. Yeah, yeah Anchor Liberty sure. was it really? Yeah. Wow. yeah, and I think Vinny took that and kind of made it his own. And that so was that, unreal in Southern Cal. That was uh, fermented yeah. in plastic fermenters. Yep. Really, we yeah. had it on tap at BJ's down there in ninety. Seven, Those eight, fermenters seven, came wow. from Electric Dave. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So Vinny, so he started Blind Pig. That, that was that the name of the brewery because I know one of their beers is Blind Pig. Yeah, I think it was the Blind Pig. Okay. It was called Blind Pig. Yeah. 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 So he was kind it's of Mecula. setting Mecula. that trend as as like getting kind of extreme with the the. the did he kind of create the West Coast style? I mean, because obviously that is West Coast. I'd be right? willing to give him that credit. Yeah. I don't know if he would take that, but yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, it was tragic because. People don't realize they love something until it's gone. They didn't support yeah. the business. They went out of business. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 He, he disappeared and opened up some small place up in Northern Cal called Russian River. Yeah, small place. Yeah. Had a little help from a small champagne company called Corbell. Corbell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. They saw the potential. Yeah. Have you guys met Travis Smith from um, Lazy G? I know Travis, yeah. I've met yeah. him a few times in Denver before, Dude, yeah. Just did an episode with those guys uh, last week, and... Like, he was just talking. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I work for a small brew pub up in, you know, Northern California. And then he just kind of continued. I'm like, what? Can you say who it was? He's like, yeah, it was Russian River. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, you were just going to, like, just skip Let that over. Slide. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he's making some great beers up there. I got to taste them. Good. And he had uh, four. There was a blonde. There was a nitro porter, um, IPAs, doing a hazy, which he was not, ha- he was not happy about doing the hazy. <laughs> Most brewers I know don't like them. <laughs> yeah. They just I don't. feel like they either love them. And that's what they're they're doing, and they love doing it, and they do them well, or they're just like, uh, I don't know about these Begrudgingly things. Begrudgingly make yeah. a hazy, yeah. That's yeah. how we're going to go into it. Yeah. <laughs> so with you guys opening, and you 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 know you guys were creating styles based on, um, what, how did you create your styles? Like when you, you opened, I know that, what was it, the Scottish port? Scottish style, or Scottish amber. Scottish yeah, amber is what was it was called, yeah. Lifter's yeah. original name. <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, I like I said, we I, I had a, 
a definite love for for British ales. So we stuck to porters and stouts and uh, pale ale and, and English summer ale and based on things that you liked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turns out that the crowd back then liked them too. I, yeah. The fact that they were also pretty clean was yeah. was nice. Yeah. Um, I think brought people coming back. Um, but yeah, so that's what we stuck to. I, I, the first kind of crazy out of the box beer we did was um, a barley wine. Oh, really? Yeah, but it was an American style, so it was a grossly overhopped yeah. barley wine <laughs> called Hop Squatch. Still around. Hop Squatch, yes. Yeah. That sounds familiar. But still, it kind of yeah. kept in line with the with the British style, even though it was an American. Yeah. Well, and Jeff, I know you're you you're really a trip to Germany was what spawned your style. Yeah, I, I guess mean, we. Uh, I'd say that our style of beers that we do would be uh, American and German. Um, we were fortunate. I recently bought um, four used 30-barrel fermenters, which has been really nice for us to be able to make some of these lagers that we're making and just kind of park them. This summer, we uh, got a hold of some uh, Ondex yeast, and we um, did a uh, Pellis. We did an Oktoberfest. We did a, a Schwartz beer. Medal-winning Oktoberfest. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we were able to kind of play around with some of those. And, you know, we took the Schwartz beer and we dumped half of it into uh, uh, bourbon barrels and, well, Colorado whiskey barrels. But, uh, yeah. yeah, you know those. Those are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, me personally is, is kind of IPAs and, and German lagers are the, uh, the main things that I go after. So, so where, where does it come in where you... Um, where there is a trend, right? Unless you're very stubborn and just like, that might <clears> be a really good beer, but <laughs> but, uh, but I'm not following that trend. When does it when does it turn to say, all right, you know what? Let's let's try it out. I mean, there there had to have been trends that that were coming or that that were happening that you guys follow, right? Sure. I mean, Doc nailed it. I it, eventually you got to follow the dollar. Yeah. So yep. it, it, if the consumer wants it, I will. We'll dip our toe in it. We'll try it for yeah. sure. I IPA mean, is yeah. a requirement of every single brewery. Absolutely. Now, now it is. Yeah, which started yeah. as a trend, though, right? We'll look at back yeah. when when we pale back ales, in the day, and you were reds, doing, uh, English yeah. ales, and and yeah, it took we us had BJ's five years to make an IPA. It was an English IPA, Raj. Yeah, we didn't do an IPA other than an occasional seasonal that didn't sell that great. Yeah, uh, yeah. we didn't make one until two thousand. I bet you ten or eleven. Right? Wow, really? Something like that at BJ's. Hopstorm. Yep. yep. And, it, and it became their probably their best seller. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we had Piranha Pale Ale, which had a bite already. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about the beginning in 96, the trends were uh, ales because no one knew how to do lagers. So if you yeah. look at long-term trends, lagers are definitely a real trend. Belgian uh, style. And Belgians, too. They yeah. just were kind of coming around. And then I'm looking back, 96. I remember the conversation when we were like, you ever heard of these fuckers putting beer in whiskey barrels? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, really? No way. Yeah, yeah it oxidizes it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a really good point, right? You Because you don't think of that. Now it's just a staple. Like, now everyone everyone does it. But there's a point where, like, dude, that sounds, there's no, why would you do that? Right? Yeah. Why would you make a hazy IPA? Why would you barrel age that? I think I remember making the foolish statement to Jeff, actually, at one point. I think you might have actually... When you were at uh, BJ's talking about putting beer in a bourbon barrel, and I was like, ah, it's so passe. Everybody's doing that. I think the future is <laughs> going to be wine barrels, sour beers. Yeah. 
it's like, boy, was I wrong about everything I ever thought. But yeah. <laughs> some things are here to stay, and some things, uh, some things just hold your breath. If you don't like it, it'll pass. Yeah. Uh, glitter. What happened to glitter beer? I had my first glitter beer two weeks ago at Borderlands. And That's what's in your teeth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> Actually, I was at the club last I night. You but were the, huffing paint or something. <laughs> so it's still here. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it? It's an algae, right? You take algae and you dry it out under a certain propylene glycol and a certain this wavelength. This is something I you really know nothing about. Color. <laughs> yeah. Is that how that's, that's interesting. It's, it's something about a, a food grade process. Uh, and it also has to be something that's about the same density as uh, beer. Otherwise, it would either all float or sink. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I think they nailed it. I just don't know if that's really a trend. Also, it- I, I'm, I'm afraid of peeing glitter. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Ruining your kegs and everything else. Yeah, yeah. With draft so. lines. Yeah, Nothing. I've got two daughters. And I got glitter on every everything. Yeah, like yeah. It's just covered in glitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So my wife's into arts and crafts, and she yeah. says in the craft world they they say glitter is the herpes of the craft world. <laughs> it's like, why would you want it in your brewery? <laughs> That's true. You can't get rid of it. Oh man, yeah. So well, okay. So, <laughs> so what have you guys seen come and go? Like, right? I mean, people thought that the hazy was going to go, uh, but the hazy is still still here, right? Yeah. I, I'm trying to think back what's come and gone. A, a lot of things have come on pretty strong and then, like, fallen back to a level where they maybe should be. Yeah. Um, I was kind of thinking that would happen with hazies, but wrong on yeah. that one. Um, yeah, obviously back to fruit beers and stuff, but even those yeah. are making a little bit of a comeback with the fruited sours. Definitely, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember the uh, the Red Dog and the oh, Red yeah. Wolf, how the Killian's Red and how yeah. popular all of that stuff was. Ice, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ice yep. beers, dry, yeah. dry, yeah, which is the new brute. I yeah, guess. that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> well, I grew up in Ohio. Like craft beer to us was Killian's. Like that was like holy shit. This guy's not drinking Genesee or Natty Light. Like. Fancy! Wow, <laughs> yeah, he's got uh, a collar on yeah, his shirt. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, so with the, these, that's another thing too is the fruited sours, right? You know, you get these these you know sours that are well, kettle sours, most of them, right? Three point two percent or whatever with with fruit. That's that's a huge trend at this point, right? And what what do you guys? Doc's got a face right now. That he's, so, he's, I think sours are here to stay. They have a definite. Uh, they do something to your palate. They make food taste better. There's trends within the sour category that uh, may or may not be here forever. But I think, uh, you know, there's the big sours and then there's the quaffable sours. We kind of try and stick with the quaffable just because we don't have facility for all the, the fooders and the wood and all that. We kind of do kettle sours and yeah, can knock them out quicker uh, and add the fruit into the fermenter. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking all these things going through my head about all the beers that we thought were going to be big. The, the Brute still around a little bit? You guys yeah. still do a Brute? Uh, we do a Brute. It's going to kind of transmogrify into kind of a rosé kind of Brute style. Yeah, there was a Session IPA at one point that yeah. was just, yeah. uh, I called it an unbalanced IPA. Yeah. I liked it better, yeah, when it was called Pale Ale. Yeah, yeah, when it was Pale Ale, it was balanced. And then yeah. they, oh, no, let's make it hoppier and less alcohol. Yeah, and let's just, take all the caramel off of it. that Short Hop? Short Hop. Short Hop. Yeah. What is Short Hop? That was our that was guys. into session beer. Okay, yeah. 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 That mostly, mostly, mostly on ground during spring training. That was that, that came and went pretty quick, though. I mean, not yours yeah. specifically, but just that session. Yeah. I mean, there's a few that stick that are still around a little bit. Like I think Founders All Day is one that's yeah, for you sure. know in a big way that one's sticking. Yeah, out. that's a great beer too. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah, yeah. And they 
were kind of on the vanguard. Speaking of trends, they were more trendy in terms of pricing and packaging. But ah, uh, well, you know, that's an interesting point too. Like the trend doesn't have to necessarily be um, the beer itself, the liquid itself, right? Yeah. It's 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 the packaging. And I, I remember it was you and I that talked about the the bombers. Yeah. Like the like wh- what happened to the bombers? Because everyone laughs about it. like a few years ago. Like that was the shit. Like that's what. Like, oh, dude, it's in a bomber. I don't care what it is. I'm getting it. Now it's people are like, nah. That was largely dictated by retailers who didn't want to take up. Because it's it's such an odd height yeah. that you have to take out a shelf. Ah, uh, so you take out a shelf, you don't have as many SKUs on the shelf. So that was a big part of it was retailers going, nah, not going to do it. Don't want to yeah. waste the time or space on it. Uh, they're making a bit of a comeback now with so many mom and pop bottle shops out there. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I, I miss a good a good bomber yeah it's nice a good shareable especially a higher abv beer it's yep a great way to go well now you got the tall the tall boys are the one right i remember it was just it used to be just the bush light that was in yeah. in the 16 ounce four packs sure, or six packs whatever 25 ounce cans now. yeah you do yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's like work man yeah well what so i mean the height of those have to be pretty well, i guess not as, as not as, as much bomber. as a bomber okay yeah yeah, yeah. But most places at Circle K will have a window of everything from 192s up to 25s, 24s, yeah. 25s. Gotcha. What about 40s? When are you guys going to start making packaging 40s? <laughs> I tried to this year. We did, did a, you really? uh, We did a malt liquor, and yeah. uh, we also had our Perfect. Belgian quad was sitting in barrels that we were going to do our first bottle release with. Yeah. And uh, the malt liquor was going to release on... Uh, on Fourth of July, okay, and I was like, "Man, I found this source. This guy's got a pallet of forty-ounce screw tops in California. Yeah, let's get them in here, and we'll put them in brown bags, and we'll just buy a stamp and stamp the bag for our label, and uh, we'll we'll do a little bottle release, just maybe a hundred bottles or whatever we can, and yeah. we'll just keep the rest of them for next year." And the decision was, "No, your first bottle release is not going to be a fucking <laughs> <laughs> ever <laughs> clear." It was clear. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't a lot of hops in that. It was, uh, I think, just it was just a high. I think actually we used our Trapel. So yeah. we uh, Trapel going to the fermenter with the Belgian yeast. We just diverted some of that wort off to the uh, four barrel yeast propagator and threw some lager yeast in there. Yeah, that, that was it. So that was our malt liquor, and it. I I would do that again in a heartbeat because that is. Uh, it actually sold really well, and it was really smooth. Yeah. So low <laughs> low uh, bitterness and. Had the adjunct in there already. We have corn and Belgian candy sugar, which is basically just table sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever have our ML209, our our malt liquor? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, it's good. That was yours? Yeah. ML209? Yeah. Almost 9%. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just straight up sugar lager. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome, though. They call that hooch, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Got a lot of names for that. It was was prison alcohol. Yeah. 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 Made it in the sink in the back. Well, what was the ML209? Was the... What's the name? Well, it's a it's reference to the mile marker 209 on the Colorado River. Okay. Anyway, but it also is a malt liquor 209. Most uh, malt liquors have some sort of number in them. Okay. 45. Oh, 800. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> made a beer called AK-47 once. I thought uh, yeah, that was before its time. Yeah. <laughs> so our uh, our malt liquor happened to be batch uh, 357. No. So we called it 357 Magnum Malt Liquor. Ah, dude, that is awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that you didn't do the Ford. Like, I don't know who put the kibosh on that, but that would have been that would have been the best first bottle release. 40 ounces? It would have been fun, yeah. yeah. No, they wanted to keep it classy, I guess. Uh, we won't throw that idea out. I may have to ask one of you guys if you want to share a 
pallet of bottles, though, because uh, I'm not doing a full-size batch of that. That's going right. to be on the pilot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, those, those bottles are hard to come by unless yeah. you're buying a lot. I know a guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back, ML, MM309. I can make a phone call. Yeah. So, uh, I wanted to circle back to something that Doc said about yeah. Sours, though, and how they're here to stay. I completely agree. And I think the reason why they're here to stay is that they have some basis in history. Um, you look at a hazy IPA and it just came out of thin air. Yeah. So maybe that's why I get up back up my get off my lawn yeah. mode <laughs> on a beer like that rather than a sour. But I think there's some there's some truth to that. If it has some sort of staying power over the last century or more, it, yeah, it's not a trend anymore, really. I yeah. think expanding yeah. on that, some of the things we've looked at, like if you're going to invest in equipment to make beer better, do you invest on something that is a trend so you can do that better? Or do you do it on something that's been a style that's been around for a thousand years? It's like, that's eh, probably eventually going to come back and be popular again. So, yeah. Yeah. The lagers, the, uh, the good, a good ale and a good lager, this basic beer is always going to be around. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. just quality. If you can do it good, it, you can do just about anything you want. If yeah. you want to put Fruit Loops in a beer and it tastes good, it's probably going to be popular for a while, but it, may not be a trend for everybody else that's right <laughs> yeah but at least you're well, trying something new right it, sure you're yeah. at least trying to innovate and not just yeah we also do something otherwise yeah. we're dinosaurs right we're right in the vine I, I didn't think i'd be doing a kettle sour uh it's uh it's got its place here it, yeah shit we made awesome. an f&b so never say never yeah we made one i mean you think about me bowing down to make a sour beer yeah. and uh, kind of let Matt Johnson our head brewer kind of spearhead the whole thing and we made one that was I couldn't try it I'm allergic to one of the ingredients that was in it but uh, it was uh, very good apparently everybody had some great things to say <laughs> apparently. about it we made it last year yeah, so. well I think I think those what's interesting too about about some of the trend beers like uh, I mean let's just say sours where you know that that definitely has more of a history than, than hazy's but i feel like both of them bring in people who might be this people that say i don't really like beer sure you know yeah. try this try this hazy ipa try this sour sour has been one that has converted more people th- that i've known into craft beer than like uh, a pilsner right someone's like oh dude i just drink bud light and Coors Light. all right dude try this pilsner nah, i don't know because you're trying to replace what they normally drink where if you so, so here's the story. I went to Helton. Uh, my buddy's dad was like, "Yeah, dude, I just drink Coors. I just drink Coors Light. That's it." I'm like, "All right, dude, I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna take you to Helton. We're gonna have the Pilsner. Fantastic Pilsner." He had it. and He was like, "Yeah, it's all right." Because he's got a basis of what yeah, he likes, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so the the bartender was like, well, "What do you like? Like, what do you like? Not just beer. Like, what do you like food wise? Like, you know, ask him all these questions." She's like, "All right." She brings him the boysenberry sour. I'm like, "There's no fucking way he's gonna want." He tastes. He's like, "Dude, this is fantastic." I'm like no shit. So so it's things like that that I think can can bring people in that yeah, might that's not normally. That's the lifter story. Right? If people yeah. would come in and yeah in '98 and say, "Give me what you have that's like Coors Light," and we'd hand them kilt lifter. Yeah, because they've already got some preconceived notion of what they want, and just zig when they zag, and then all kilt lifters pretty drinkable beer. Yeah, so they'd be like, "Oh shit, pretty good." Right. Yep. Um. So Sal, what about like Doc? But I know you're going to say something. He looked like he was gearing no, up to say. I'm listening. I'm looking around, too. I'm also looking at the bratwurst. They, they oh, just you know what? randomly brought us some bratwurst. Uh, yes. Funny thing, we're out of our Oktoberfest, but our bratwurst is made with Oktoberfest. So it's oh, the really? only way you can get our Oktoberfest right now. 
I tell you, we take a break, eat these. Your call. Yeah, let's do that because I've been staring at this thing for a while. Yeah, I, we didn't even order. He just showed up with <laughs> some yeah. bratwurst. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Let's we'll pause this then. This break in the action is brought to you by the anonymous dude at Petal House Brewery who just brought us the brats without us even ordering them. They were fantastic and much appreciated. Thanks, man. Okay, back to it. All right, so on, on the, the, the topic of sours, one trend that I'm seeing, and I don't know if it's really a trend or what it is, but wild ales. Like, I'm loving the, to see more of the wild ales. Um, I want to, because I've never really had them, until I went to uh, Jester King in Austin, and I was like, holy shit, this is a whole nother level. It's a whole different, but you're starting to see now, I mean, you got Arizona Wilderness that, that does some. You've got, uh, I think Grand Canyon's dabbled in it, 12 West. Um, it, would you consider that a trend? Or I, is it? I, again, I, if, if we're, is it trendy? You, yeah, but again, it's something based in a very long history. Probably the oldest style, right? I mean. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I hope it's really popular. We have two brand new fooders and like oh, really? eight punchins full of wild beer right now. Do so, you really? Yeah. Nice. Have you released any yet? Uh, we're very close. Nice. We sent a bunch of it off to Fobab coming up at the end of the month, so we'll get some feedback from that and and go from there. But yeah, nice. we're excited. But it's such a it's a it's a difference between a kettle sour and a and a wild fermented beer. I mean, you've got yeah. such a mosaic of of bugs from Brett to Lacto to kind of whatever else is in the wood yeah uh it's if it's done right it can be such a nice soft it, it, i wouldn't even call some of them sour they're just they're different yeah. they have brett flavors and they have cool lactic flavors that aren't that punch in the mouth sour yep so yeah the, the stuff we're tasting now is really good yeah. really good nice i'm gonna have to come over and try yeah. some of those yeah, yeah. if yeah. i can get the key away from melissa she'll yeah. i'll see the one yeah good luck <laughs> <with that. laughs> might have to go through doc like uh, not she doesn't yeah. let me good go luck. there yeah. no no that's not even a thing <laughs> no, either that even that'll, that'll put you further out <laughs> maybe we could like dart her in the wild and find the keys on her maybe yeah <laughs> do a little like mission impossible music Something. playing in the back yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be the only way we're getting in so why, why do you think that those are um those are do, do you are they gaining popularity? Is that one of those things where I, you know, I buy a white Honda Civic and now I see all these white Honda Civics, right? Is it just because I'm getting into it that I'm seeing them more? Or do you feel breweries are more getting into these these spontaneous fermentation type of beers? I travel less than either of you two guys do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think Doc hit it before. It's, it's hard to invest in that kind of equipment. Sure. It's yeah. Like if you don't have space for a fruiter or even some punchins, it's going to be really hard to do. What's a punchin? I don't uh, larger wooden cask. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's summer. Gotcha. Summer specifically made for wine or Armagnac or something like that, and then summer specifically just new oak. Gotcha. Gotcha. And not everybody has a Melissa to protect those. Right. Yeah. Uh, beer. The key master. In a wooden vessel that has <laughs> bugs in it does not like people, and people uh, love to fuck with beer <laughs> that's in wooden vessels yep. that has a sign that says don't fuck with me so especially at night when they think oh he's not gonna know yeah. so it changes the course of everything if you just the little butterfly effect changes everything by the time that beer's done it's not the same yeah so yeah we we can't do it here we have a university near us and that that brings in uh, really smart people that drink at night and uh are different than the way they are in the day uh Know what what I mean. exactly does that mean? <laughs> like, it it like, means barrels would be missing their bungs. Oh, uh, yeah. There'd be fruit flies everywhere. And, uh, 
So yeah, we're, we're not really doing a lot of that. If you notice our barrel aging stuff, they're at the top of a 12-foot scaffolding because it makes it very difficult for a drunk person to climb up to go, I'm going to taste that. Ah, no shit. I wouldn't even think of that as a... That's no, hard not, to do. Yeah. No, I'm going to start doing that when I go we'll up do it. <laughs> You will draw back a bloody stump at our place if you do that. Yeah. yeah. And there is video cameras, so yeah. I'll yeah. get to see that. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> if the police don't subpoena she it first. that woman down from the rafters. <laughs> I think Just she has an alarm set up on her phone, on her phone, too. Really? She'll know. If you go yeah. near those tanks, she'll yeah. get an alarm, and she'll bring up a picture. Work. Specifically for the for the, the wild creepy. ales? Or just it's any of them? Creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she did not realize that till now. <laughs> we all need one of her at our brewery yeah. to protect everything. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. She's an amazing wife, too. Have to have to plug that. That's in a there. great plug. That's yeah. great. I'll, I'll even I'll even edit out the part where you said that's a great plug. We'll just uh, just <laughs> roll with it. <right? laughs> uh, so all right. So you, Andy, you you caught it. What the elephant in the room, right? This is the big the big trend right now is seltzers. Seltzers. Yes. Party water. Party water. You can... Lima. Ginzers, man. <laughs> Every time. And I always think of it now. I, it's burned in my bread. I know it's Lima, but now I just always call it Lima. And then you immediately respond Not to Lima. Not technically a seltzer. That's our F&B. So. What's an F&B? Flavored malt beverage. Ah, yeah. interesting. Okay, yeah. okay. Seltzer's just party water. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fermented sucrose yeah. with extract added to it. And then something really nasty called Valcorin to preserve it. Ooh, Interesting. It's a lot of fun stuff that people don't realize that are in seltzers, but yeah. they think they're healthy. No calories. I'm going to ask everybody who's <laughs> listening to this program to look up wine's dirty little secret and try and find that chemical that some wineries are using. You put it in a vapor stream in your packaging line, and it prevents any bacteria from growing, but it's so nasty that you can use such a small amount and not say that you're using it. You don't have to list it because the government says things in such small amounts are uh. not not an ingredient uh but it's that powerful and it's uh nothing i want near my body near my employees near the, if you see the the facilities they have to put that chemical in to dose it into the packaging line uh if you go visit a place that makes hard seltzer you might see that really interesting why is it why is it a that's scary dog <laughs> freaking me out like, shit what is uh, it dimethyl drink up kids yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just a nasty preservative that you don't have to even list yeah it just it's deadly which is crazy because you think of it as if it was nasty they would regulate it and they would be out of it but no if you if you have a below a certain threshold you don't have to or a lobby group yeah if you pay a politician you can put anything in food yeah but uh something interesting to note the wines that use it are not legal for export most countries won't allow it because it has that in it. So other countries care about that. But yeah. It's, it works. It does a good thing, and it helps people make money and keep quality. Uh, uh, there's some popular juices. I won't say names. So I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But uh, you see the juices you can get that are um, uh, promoted. They're in the aisle near the produce, uh, and they taste like just their orange juice. Tastes so much better than Minute Maid, which is pasteurized with heat. Okay. Falcorn. It's in them. Falcorn. So this is the... It sounds like a bad guy in like G.I. Joe or something. Uh, like it's something <laughs> a lot of villain. If you want your product to taste good, you use it. Yeah. But it's it's uh, not a natural thing in my opinion. So why 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 has this trend started, do you think? Hard seltzer. Like what, what it, why breweries? Like right? Why is it that, that breweries are doing this? Well, initially, I think people started drinking them just because it's... If 
five percent, hundred calories, I believe, across Some the board. Are lower than that, yeah. right? Um, yeah, no sugar. <laughs> no sugar. I think people are younger people specifically are uh, all natural flavors. More concerned about calories um, than. People Certainly me. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you two right yeah. now. Thank you. <laughs> Step back. You can see both of us. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, and I've tried one. And I, I mean, it's another one of those things where you, I mean, they're not for me. I don't think they're for anybody here probably. But you can completely understand why people are drinking them, especially when they're mixing vodka with just a little bit of vodka inside of these things to kind of up the ante on your, uh, your mixed drink. But they all have to have some sort of malt base in them, or else they'll get taxed. Right. As a well, I've looked into it. It's seven pounds of hops per hundred barrels, and yeah. There's a I forget what the malt situation is. But so, like, we use something called MB80, which is a malt derived malt derived liquor that we add back to mm-hmm. the Lima. But it has to be. I think it's. I think it's only thirty percent malt, but the rest is sucrose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to have that so you can stay in the beer tax category. Yeah. Otherwise, you're paying liquor prices, and no one's going to do that. Yeah. But it's also why you see beer numbers growing. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is because of seltzer, because they're lumped in with beers. Ah, yeah. interesting. And you yeah. see, um, I know that, I don't know which one it is, Truly or White Claws using the uh, mandarina hops. And it's super low alpha, mm-hmm. fruity, yeah. everything else, just kind of to make it taste like there aren't hops in it, I guess. Yeah. So. So that's why that's why breweries are getting into it because it's it's all the same process as brewing a beer, really. I it's mean, all taxation. Uh, it's it's more like making root beer. It's like making soda with yeast, I believe. Uh, and, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Capturing the trend is yeah. why they're getting into it and have the ability to be to be able to do that. And it's okay. a straight turn and burn too. Okay. You don't even need to use your mash tun on something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, oh, it's just making root beer strictly and throw it in the kettle, put it in a fermenter. Yeah. I've got a lot yeah. of strong opinions about <laughs> about the seltzers. Let's hear them, Doc. All uh, of them. Yeah, trying to be. It's a podcast. You're trying on Trying to now. be as yeah. nice as I can. Um, the trend. It's a trend. Uh, Lacroix was a trend that came in a wave, and I'm addicted to Lacroix. I like it. Uh, the grapefruit one is my favorite, and occasionally I like to put gin in it because it's flavored soda water, right? Lacroix. It's just soda. Yeah, it's soda with. Um, Zero calories, zero. They claim zero extracts, but uh, it's got something with flavor, which the definition of an extract is, you know, they probably can macerate some grapefruit peels and vapor distill it and use that. And that's technically an extract, but it's not a chemical, uh, like a bad extract. Uh, I like it, and I think uh, putting a little gin in it's nice, and I uh, wouldn't mind uh, paying a bartender to make something fancy with it. I I can't stand the idea of it coming pre-mixed in a can and made... The alcohol coming from table sugar, which also Lacroix's founder, I'm probably going to get sued for this, wasn't he? Like <laughs> accused of pedophilia or something kind of creepy like that. Really? So throw that on top. You of just it, went. Right? <laughs> you just went there, huh? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have any idea. Right. I don't know the answer. We're going to look this look up. Gonna, up. Yeah. We're going to look it up right Call now. Call my lawyer too. You got the more <laughs> reasons got the to hate checkers stuff. on this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, there. We'll just bleep some of that out. Cool yeah. editing. There's <laughs> talk of making sugar sucrose. Uh, classifying that as a grain now so we can use that in our brewery and make this stuff and i uh, i get it it's chasing the trend it's it's uh, a lot of things that i guess would be good for us allow freedom for us to choose but i uh, it's not beer and it's uh 
I don't know, I'm, I'm old. I think I should stay in my lane and the wine people should stay in their lane and the cider people, then we're all friends and we'll all get along, but uh, I shouldn't be able to call sugar a grain just so I can use it and make LaCroix, or not LaCroix, uh, yeah. White Claw, Seltzers. Yeah. Uh, although we do use sugar occasionally to augment beer, you know, Belgian Trapel and things like that. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm probably the outlier. I know a lot of people like it because they call it keto, and I don't know exactly 100% what keto is other than, you know, if it's a fermented sugar, it's still technically a carbohydrate uh, as an alcohol, so it's still, you still got to count that calorie. I don't know. It's just wording, labeling. Someone smarter than me can probably uh, tell me I'm wrong there, but, yeah, just the whole idea of it. Yeah. uh, Investing in a, a way of making it. I wouldn't mind actually trying it just for fun, but uh, I don't know. That's a trend I hope goes away. Also, the big big thing, and you probably correct me here, the people that drink White Claw, is it 58% of them used to drink craft beer? Well, I was going to say, yeah, you're probably right. So I'm but bitter. I think, I think what happened there is we, as craft, we kind of did that to ourselves. I mean, we, we are continually, to this date, pummeling people with one style, IPA. IPA, IPA, IPA. So a natural backlash for that would be like, okay, maybe I, I don't love those beers. Maybe I could try something lighter. And the, maybe the Crispy Boy thing isn't where it should be. The, the Pilsner Lager wave isn't where it should be. So people kind of knee-jerked over to party water, yeah. especially if they're younger and trying to look after their figure and trying to stay, you know, Instagram pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes sense. But I do. I think I think craft brewing pushed people towards seltzers. I I I happily argue that point and, and be proven wrong, but I think we did that one to ourselves. So, oh, and with the amount of craft breweries out there, not all of them are good. Nope, nope. So I would agree with that. A lot of them are really good. Yeah, a lot for of sure. Them, a lot of them are not. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah, kind of a different world now. And there are a large portion of the drinking community that just want to drink to get drunk and what yeah. an easy low calorie way to do it than sipping on which a i completely get yeah i, I do mean, you can't deny it 100 it's a thing yeah if I, you but know, the I'm, trick forever was to make alcohol not taste like alcohol yeah. and so if you've got something that tastes like kool-aid i totally get why people drink it mm-hmm. yeah wasn't that a high school trick when you're trying to get a girl drunk yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of alcohol. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, or you had the opposite. I was. Uh, we would always try to trick people and say, "Oh yeah, dude, that's got like vodka and shit in it." It was just like fruit punch, and then like an hour later, they'd be like, "Oh man, like dude, <laughs> you're much more it. ethical than my <laughs> friends were." Mad Dog Twenty Twenty and Maui and everything else. Oh uh, yes, Zima with ba- Zima back in the day too. That was yeah. So Zima was different though. Right? It was a that? malt. I think it was a malt beverage. It was right? reverse yeah. osmosis. The ah, filtered. Yeah, they, filtration, yeah. they filter the color right out of a beer, basically. Is that really what it was? Interesting. Kind of. <laughs> Not really, but it was close. Yeah. So what is, just for my own personal reference, what, what is a malt, malt liquor compared to a beer or malt beverage? Malt beverage, it's a tax thing. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you want to pay alcohol tax or beer tax, we as beer people don't want to share that road because it puts threat that our tax may have to go up and start matching the alcohol tax. Alcohol uh, people want to share the road or share the lane with us because they want to pay our taxes. So yeah. We, so that's also so like Lima, for example, if we did a limeade and added vodka to it, we'd be taxed at, at okay. liquor rates. But since we use a malt-based alcohol, 
we can call it a flavored malt beverage or a oh, beer. Oh, gotcha. So it's not strength necessarily nope, that nope, determines that. Just where, where alcohol is derived. Yeah. From. Wow. Interesting. I think we need a whole new uh, a whole episode on that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring the Lima. Yes. Which is fantastic, by the way. Like I, I've tried. You know, the White Claws and the Trulies, I'm just like, nah, no, but you know I love the Lima. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a great, it's great a drink. It's a nice, refreshing drink. I tried it with um, uh, tahini and chamoy on the rim. Oh, cool. That's good. really good, good. yeah. So I've, I've, I've actually had it, too. My, my wife actually brought some home. Yeah, oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> wanted me to try it, and I, I was ready to just say, fuck this shit. <laughs> you guys suck. What are you doing? <laughs> Fucking losers. And I, I tasted I was like, I, I, and I took my breath in, I was like, that actually tastes exactly what you probably intended it tastes like. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> Good work. Oh my it's, it's, yeah. That's all I could say. It's like, that's hey, you know, it, it doesn't taste like a IPA or a Pilsner, so I'm going to stick with my other beer I'm drinking. But yeah. That's so really good. You 22 good later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep the story going. Still Come on, what happened the next morning? <laughs> uh, I just took that sip and said it was good. I, I, do, the, I do the same thing with uh, the uh, Brute. It was one okay. of those beers that just, I, I don't like Brute. It's yeah. just out of balance to me. And she brought home Brute from Four Peaks. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. I'm not going to like it. And I was like, that's pretty good. You guys did a pretty good job there. <laughs> I yeah, think I've good. tried about six of them, and yours is probably the one or maybe two that I like. Thanks. So, yeah, and then yeah. now we're going to go and change it. So that really smart way. All right. Too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jeff Huss liked it. Let's change it. Something's yep. wrong with it. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> Is it going to last? Do you guys think that this this hard seltzer thing is gonna it's it's gonna it's here to stay? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, I do for sure. There's too much money behind it. And, and then every much. everything that we're reading in the BBD says absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it might slow down seasonally with across the country yeah. when it's cold. Yeah. But in Arizona, it doesn't really ever get cold. So, mm-hmm. I mean, locally, I think it's going to keep steamrolling, and especially in our climate. There's never been a uh, a time more in my mind where I was hoping for another trend to come. I usually am like, trends, stupid. But uh, please bring another trend. Please. <laughs> okay, Lord, I will make a hazy IPA. Just make this one go away. I'll go That's to church really, on Sundays. It's really kind of up to us, though, right? I mean, yeah. we've got to come up with the... Or the people that drink it. Yeah, but, we've got to come up with the liquid that... Maybe gets them off seltzer somehow. You got it. Well, it's the Instagram models. You got to come up with a liquid that an Instagram model will smile yeah. in a bikini and yeah. go, "This is what I could drink." Right. <laughs> Lima. Yeah. Lima. Sure. Right. Right. Slim can as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got fruit on it. Right. <laughs> fruit. It's got a little agave on it. Yeah. I learned something interesting about those slim cans. So I, I toured a place in Seattle that does. Uh, Don't tell me they sell corn in it. Nah, I won't talk about that. Uh, but the cans, the slim cans, was obviously to talk about how uh, it's a slimming type of beverage. Yeah. Um, and it was 12 ounces, and you're looking at it going, no, it's not the same as a fat. And the guy goes, it's the same lid. No. And we held them up next to each other. Yeah, it is the same lid. lid. It's just the beer cans we're used to are fatter. They taper out, but it's, ah, that's it's a, the same top. Yeah, because yeah, they because they're there and then they come out and yeah, that's I never interesting. knew that. The guy said it and I, I had to put two cans next to each other to see the difference. <laughs> Bullshit. Did so, you compare right, Virginia right. Slims while you were at it? <laughs> <laughs> he had a Slim can in yeah. it. Yeah, just, yeah. We did taste a lot of seltzer that day. It's the only time I've ever had seltzer and 
I could see why people like some of them. There was one I couldn't stand, but... Uh, one of the knocks always on beer was, oh, it's so bloating. But uh, seltzer to me is like 50 times more bloating. Well, it's got to be carbonated. Uh, it's crazy. Three, right? probably, yeah. or more. And then you're burping black raspberry yeah. or whatever the hell you're Poisonberry. <laughs> <Yeah>. Poisonberry. <laughs> so, all right. So we're all consensus. We all hope it goes away, right? But it I, it's not going to. It won't. I, yeah. no, uh, it'll probably improve, find a way to improve itself so it can stay and actually please old truly, people like me. Truly is already going through a reformulation. Andy's right, though. We got to. I mean, it's up to us to figure out how <laughs> we can get this drinker back. Yeah. And we can't so, keep pounding him with IPA. Yeah. How do you think you do it? I'm light lager. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning. You want to open up your books right now? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to open up your game plan, nah. everybody. Wish I had one. Yeah, I'd love to share it. Um, light loggers. I mean, those were. We all have one. Yeah. Right. Um, we've been canning ours at least since March. I believe we've been making ours for about a year now. Um, you've been making them for longer than that. Uh, a couple of years. A couple of years here. They're both really good. I'm uh, still really in good, the yeah. learning phase, though. I'm, we're still trying to develop this into a really good beer. Just how many metals says it? Right. <laughs> We, uh, well, we do have a lot of equipment on the way to, to change our way of doing it. It's really? Like, He's not going to be happy till he gets that platinum medal. Yeah, you they, know yeah, that, they, right? Yeah. <laughs> Once they, there's no Best gold in, in this show. category. Yeah. We're just giving out the platinum. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm mean, just, I don't know what's next. I think you're right with the light loggers, but there's got to be something else to get people back to beer. Yeah. I would think. Yeah, beer's growing. It, it is. Yeah. I, not at the pace it was in the last 10 years. Right. So, when, you, when you carve out seltzer, it's maybe 2%, maybe a little bit more. With seltzer, I think it's growing at 6 to 8%. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we Which do, I'd love to do. I'd love to carve out seltzer. All three of our breweries, we do very stylistic beers. Yeah, um, true to style. I mean, we have our coffee Kolsch, which is probably the only thing that is not stylistic at all. And I mean, it was oh, don't get me fairly wrong. innovative we've, for we've us. Done some Persian bizarre shit before. I mean, yeah. but we tend to stick to style. So, do you think that this seltzer thing is? Um, do you think it's like age type thing, right? Where someone, you know, like you're in college and you know you want to be Instagram beautiful, so you drink this and then you transition to better well, I tasting. I think it's definitely the, I'd say sub thirty five group. That's probably. I don't know the demographic of it, but I mean, it it seems like. The age that is turning 21 now, the millennials are um, definitely influencing a lot of what's coming off of the shelves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I would assume that this is much more of a younger person drink. Than, definitely, yeah. yeah. It's it's LDA and sub LDA, legal drinking age and under. <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah. Bartles and James for us. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. If you said Boone's Farm earlier. Or Mad Dog. I, well, yeah, the Mad yeah. Dog and the Maui. I remember my sister coming home with a case of uh, Zima. Yeah. You know, in high school. And, of course, we couldn't keep it in the fridge, so you had to drink warm Zima. I don't know how that worked out for her. Yeah. 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 So it's it always been Fridge around. space was limited yeah. with the uh, with the folks in the house, I guess. So. Yeah. So maybe, so that and that is that transition. Transi- you know what I'm trying to say. Good work. It's a, it's well a tough one. It's Easy a tough for you one. To I'll get it. Uh, Pilsners and lagers. These are they're they're making a resurgence. I, for point. selfish reasons, I want yeah. them too because I love yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I what? absolutely love them. They, they, I mean, they're but they're they're uh, um, uh, indication of the the skill of the of the brewery, right? I mean, that's 
kind of the threshold of. I think that some of that's uh, being proven out by some breweries that are you know sub two years old that hung their hats on making hazies, six different hazies, and all of a sudden they're going to go make a Hellas. Like, and they just can't. And it's can't just execute. Not, it's hard to hide stuff in there. Yeah, now, we all know the trick. If you have to drink beer at a brewery you don't like, you get the darkest thing that you possibly can yep. find. Yeah. Stick to the stout. Higher alcohol is probably a good thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, those beers, as Michael Ferguson used to say, you could hide a dead cat inside of an imperial stout, but you can't hide much. And you know, the smaller ones. Yeah. Not smaller ones, lighter ones. What yep. I what I do hope doesn't happen is that they that they don't. The new, the hazy brewers, they hung their hat on that. That are making helices that are hazy, which is an abomination to me. <laughs> I hope they don't make that the norm. Uh, a a the hazy helis should not exist. Yeah, yeah, should not exist. It's not part of the style. It should be crystal clear. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't filter, a yeah. helis is not ready. The yeast settles. You don't even need long to filter them. No, we do obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. but you don't need to if you do it right. The yeah. Keller beers. I mean, there's some something to be said for Keller beers, but uh, honestly, the beer should be but pretty dang bright by the time it's actually ready to drink. Yeah, but I think that's, one that's of the reasons stylistic characteristic of the beer, and and to change that, then don't call it Hellas, call it something else. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I think one of the reasons that uh, the loggers are making a resurgence is the information is becoming more available. Uh, the the big lager breweries did a really good job for a long time keeping that stuff secret, yeah. and uh, people have moved on. People have whatever things they had to sign to say we're not sharing secrets. It's kind of out there now. You can you can go to the internet and find out all these things about it. And I'm, that's how I'm learning. I'm I'm realizing I knew nothing about beer when I started doing lagers. I still don't. I'm still tweaking stuff. Meaning, like the the information is out there for for techniques and processes to to and, make them and being able to test. We tested our uh, wort out of the kettle, uh, sent it off to. I think I mentioned this earlier, maybe off the microphone. Uh, sent it off to get it analyzed to find out what nutrients are in our wort, how much calcium, how much magnesium, how much zinc, uh, all these things, and uh, and now you can look up like people who got PhDs. Uh, what should be in your wort if you want to make a good, you know, one please a yeast and alter the flavors a little bit. And we found out we weren't doing it right. I've yeah. never in my life added magnesium to my mash ton until recently. Like, you want two to one magnesium, minimum of two to one magnesium over calcium in your wort. And yeah, we definitely have the yeast nutrient on our lagers. Yeah, I'm still not using the nutrient. I should because of manganese. Yeah, if you, uh, it's if you use too much zinc, I just use zinc, have to hydrate. Lethal, if you use too yeah. much, you can poison your yeast. But if you use manganese, lethal to yeast. it'll help listeners. <laughs> Not lethal to humans. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Toxic to the yeast. <laughs> yeah, you can use, if you use a yeast nutrient, it has manganese, which also protects the yeast from zinc if you overdo it. Uh, and that's, that's good if you're just kind of throwing a little in here and there. Uh, I probably should switch back to it. I, uh, there's also diammonium phosphate, which I you need it if you're doing a big high gravity or an adjunct beer. But I, I try and avoid that in my yeast. Uh, and, uh, that kind of comes with it. So, just a minute, so. so we're thinking loggers, pilsners. These things are, I like you said. I, I hope they're they're here to stay as well, or like the, that that continues to go. What about anything? Do you guys have any wild predictions as to what what will be? be next and even so like so here's one not just the beer itself but like the 
um, the business side of beer, right? We're going to see more brew pubs. We're going to see less brew pubs. Uh, more breweries pulling back from, like, I don't want to necessarily, like, uh, when I went to uh, Lazy G, they're like, you know, our goal is to have beer here. Like, we're not concerned about putting beer on shelves. And obviously, I'm sure that's people's... I've never heard that before. Really? <laughs> Just the... So, do you... What direction do you think that that trend is going? I, I, I It's noble that they say that, and, and yeah. if they stick to it, God bless them, that's awesome. And I, if, if I did it all over again, I would do that. Yeah. But you have to be, at some level, certain with a, okay with a certain income. Sure. And yeah. if you're cool with that, man, group, man, awesome. Yeah. Do it and kill it and make the best beer in the world, and eventually people will come to you. And when they come to you, they're going to say, how can I kick this home? How can I get this back? And then you go, I'll get a canning line. Yeah. Yeah. It just <laughs> yeah. snowballs like that. So yeah. I, hopefully they can do that. I, sounds like they're making awesome beer. I can't wait to get up there and try it. Yeah. Good spot, too. Great food. Just yeah. really awesome, like, building and everything. South of the square? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, I don't know, maybe a mile south of the square. So, it used to be a um, used to be a trailer park there. That's kind okay. of funny. I, I, the Lazy G trailer park. The Lazy G trailer okay. park. Yeah. yeah. It's all coming so, together now. Yep. So, they, they took that all out, and they just built a brand new, brand new building. Okay. So, I was telling Travis, I was joking with him. I'm like, so, when your wife, when she's from Southern California, you guys lived in San Diego, and you ha- you said, hey, we're going to Prescott so I can make beer at a trailer park, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but uh, but so do you do you think that there are going to be more places that, that have, you know, food and beer or more places? Because I've, you know. Talked Are you talking to about trends? That, I mean, the trend was tap rooms. Yeah. And just it no still food, is, I think. Right? Pretty yeah. sure, right? So, I, yeah. It, it, jumping into food's tough. I mean. Yeah, you know it, and you know it. Well, still tough. It's a little bit. You got a little bit at the north, right? It's pretty, pretty. uh, I mean, I'm fortunate that I just stick to the beer. I don't pretend to get into the food game. I let my wife do that, and um, and Chip as well. But we, um, people are always going to need to eat. Yeah, especially when they're drinking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I see the brew pub model sticking around for sure. Um, I mean, if, if but, one. And sorry to interrupt, but not if it's the same as every other. Right. Brew, right. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're totally right. I mean, it, uh, there, a long time ago, I always used to think that of all the brew pubs, the, the beer was hit or miss, but the uh, food was always good. I was always convinced of that, and I mean, that was probably me being 23 years old and loving pizza and nothing else you know <laughs> i'm in nachos and whatever but yeah i don't i'm at the brew pub i think we'll stick around i, th- I think if, if somebody is going to experience a hit it's going to be the production brewery okay or the person who doesn't have an outlet to sell their own beer outside of the tap room beyond just like a growler or yeah. a growler i'm at a brew pub what you're doing you're as the the brewery is creating its own biggest account, okay, right. So, but shelf space, man, yeah. it's like real estate on the moon. It's you're not gonna get it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it'd be real tough starting out right now. Oh man, I can't imagine. I had a brother-in-law who uh, described us as the last soldier grabbing the last helicopter out of Nam. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we started canning in 2014, maybe Ooh, the yes. end of 14, okay. and we, uh, you know, there, 
there aren't a whole lot of breweries that open up after us that have grocery store space. Nope. Yeah, that's true. And if you do, you got to hire so many people to get that space. Yeah. That this, you dilute your... For me, I look at the cost of um, selling a pint of beer. Six bucks a pint, they come here. Uh, if I sell it to another restaurant across the street, I'm selling maybe $150 keg, so it's at about a buck ten a pint. Plus, yeah. I had to pay someone to deliver it. If I go to a distributor, uh, they're going to want me to cut my price a little more so they can take a little bit and oh, they'll make a bigger margin than you they and they'll do it and they'll sell everything we got but then we're gonna even sell it for less and then as the further we go away from our own zip code now i'm competing with other people who dominate their zip codes now i gotta have salespeople and all these people to sell that 90 cent pint and it just grows from there and it just keeps getting and i'm, I'm sitting next to the two probably most successful people that did it and made it work but i'm terrified of it i think the brew pub has a Maybe not brew pub, but tasting rooms. You you've gotta you gotta get seventy percent of your income from retail, in my opinion, to survive. And as far as trends go in the future, just based upon survivability, I think the bigger breweries are gonna continue to drop drop out. Uh, small breweries are gonna continue to to grow. Quality is gonna dictate uh, whether they stick around a long time. But great breweries are gonna make the leap, and they're gonna find out that they just. They're not making any money, giving it all to a distributor. Um, Interesting. Trying to survive. So I, I always try and say, look, if you want to, if you want to be big, just wait, because we can walk into another brewery that's going to be going under that made great beer. Just give it time. But, yeah. But I'm sitting next to you know what's the fifth largest growing brewery in the world right now? Aren't you guys like in the top five companies in the United uh, States right yeah, now? We had Growth. A top five thousand. What we had. That's impressive. Oh, the Fortune 5000. Yeah. yeah, we made that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and you guys have just had a history of dominating. Uh, so it's like playing hearts, right? You play it safe or you shoot the moon. These yeah. guys shot the moon and they won. Yeah. But uh, I think a lot of cards, a lot of people playing there, it's, it's going to get tough because not everybody can collect them all. We were fortunate enough that, I mean, I was able to say fuck it enough that we started with a 30 barrel system, so we're not on our third system. Right. Uh, you guys. Went what, what 7 20 40 60 but the 40 and the 60 are still 7 20 40 60 yeah, yeah. so ah, we, we knew that we wanted to be in production right away and we we're also very fortunate that we own it now but we had the papago line that we opened up with which allowed us to have a 30 barrel system and had you know some initial income with that that we were able to get bigger tanks and everything and else. You're, on with, so, you're on with a good distributor too yeah so you think so? Based on Doc, what you said is is almost you feel like there's going to be places that kind of retract a little bit to say, hey, let's have more control under our own roof of of, of the beer. I don't think you get a choice once you go that route. You can't go okay. back. Okay. You invest okay. in the equipment. You've got to sell as much as you can to pay for it. Uh, gotcha. But it's the the more you're just going to keep you know, work a lot to make a lot of other people money. Yeah. Um, versus. Uh, you know, the small pub, you have that opportunity to grow or scale back, but uh, grow and sell as much as you can in your zip code. Dominate your zip code because you're putting a hurt on the people from out of state that are trying to get into your zip code. Sure. And we're all brothers in the same business and we're all friends, but at the end of the day, there's a piece of a pie if you want it. Own your local area before you try and expand that. But I, I think when you see a lot of breweries coming in from out of state, sometimes they're, they need to. And part of that speaks to what we talked about before: was innovate. Don't innovate. follow trends. Yeah. Do your own thing. 
Yeah, speaking of that, world. you guys talked about your growth. You went from a, what, 7 to, to a, a 20 to a to 40, 20, and to a 60. 40 and then a 60, but you left out the latest one. You have a 10-gallon system I now. do, yeah. Well, and yeah. speaking of innovation, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Went back to the original system. You got I mean, the Sabco. Started on a Sabco and got a Sabco back again. So. Nice. Did yeah. a little experimentation. Yeah, Is that your little lab? Yeah, mostly yeah. Melissa's, but yeah. yeah. Isn't like, that where Lima was born? Uh, no, Lima was born on a bench top. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's great. It's it's our first pilot system. And How fun is that? It's great. Yeah, I'm, we're homebrewing again. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Right? Yeah. It's weird. My pilot oh. system's three barrels. How's my Our pilot system was 40 barrels. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. true. Mine has <laughs> always been 30. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, with the excuse that I like, I've got enough good brains in the building that we can do a thirty barrel and, and a brew pub that can sell yeah. it or two. Yeah, I mean that'd be awesome. I uh, we never got one uh, pilot system, and uh, to quote Doc, if you don't know what you're doing, you shouldn't be fucking doing it in the first place. <laughs> and then, yeah, when we got open, we started with the thirty, and everybody asked about the pilot system, and I would always quote that. So mm-hmm. there you go. Guys, this has been great. Is there anything else? Any other bold predictions you guys want to want to make? We're gonna hold you to it as well. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll say I don't. I don't think there's a shakeout coming. I think a lot okay. of people are, are claiming that to yeah. happen. So I, there'll be some natural sort of Darwinism, but I don't think there'll be a massive shakeout. Not like, not like in '96, and then and, and then again in '08. '08 was more of a financial thing, but yeah. What happened in 96? What was the... Uh, a lot of bad beer. Okay. Yeah, a lot of yeah. build it and they will come. Guys making beer on dairy systems and yeah. Yeah. Really kind of set the industry back a little bit. Okay. But it didn't hurt too bad, right? It's right sure. when you guys opened up. It's exactly yeah. when we opened up. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> what did too. A rough yeah. time. Yeah. You just yeah. had to be pretty good to yeah. make it yeah. in. Yeah, you had to have some level of quality. And yeah. you guys didn't even have the restaurant piece. No, BJ's had the amazing restaurant piece yeah. associated with it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were just draft only, driving it over That's to right. Casey Moore's. And there you go. Yeah. Well, Jeff, like you said, too, is, is there's a lot of people making really great beer, but there's also a lot of people that are not baking good beer. That's true. Right? So that's, I, I think that kind of gets lumped into the shakeout sometimes. Like, well, that, that's just business. Like, it's, you know, there's. They'll get shaken out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 15 years ago, you. To get into it, you didn't just jump in head first, feet first, whatever. Yeah. You had to go and you had to learn from somebody who was smarter than you, or at least hopefully smarter than you. I mean, I definitely did. Yeah. But, I mean, you did the same thing, Doc. You worked with um, yeah, Alex Owen. And, and, Owen and yeah Owen and all those guys. And I know I you did, did the thing. exact same thing. Yeah. Versus now it seems like more of a norm where you can turn a hobby into a career, which I'm not saying that all these are bad. A lot of them are very good. A yeah. lot of them are surprisingly good. But, I mean, I, I would uh, lean to, to believe that the guy who apprentices a little bit beforehand would be uh, more inclined to have more success. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, this was great. Awesome. Yeah, fun. Can't wait for the next one. Um, anything new happening with you guys that you guys want to tell people? You got the, the wild ales that are fermenting at this yeah, point. Yeah, hang on. We'll, we'll get this out yeah. eventually. <laughs> yep, yep. And Huss, I, I had the Hellas, by the way, at, at Fry's on Dove Valley. Nice. Super way north. And fantastic, man. We're good. Really, Thank really good beer. Much. What uh, are you guys working on? Well, I'll just say uh, Uptown 
I don't know when this airs, but uh, yeah. Uptown, we have our Oktoberfest on Saturday. Nice. This coming Saturday? Yes. All right, so if you're listening to this, hopefully you went to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hopefully it was good. It was, yeah, hope you had a great time. Jeff apologizes yeah. for any actions that yeah. he... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Doc, what about uh, Pedal House? What's going on here? We have to, as far as innovation, we have to scale back a bit because we're approaching capacity in our our beers that actually sell uh, are running out. So we're dedicating tanks to that. But uh, that being said, in the summer months, we're slow. And I uh, foolishly made a decision to put some beers in the tanks uh, that I wish I would have put more light lager in. Ah, uh, okay. I've got an Imperial Stout getting ready to come out. That's tasting Ooh, really good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. We don't know exactly when we're going to release it. We still have a couple kegs of our American Stout. So only so much room for dark beers. They yeah. just don't sell like the... Uh, the IPA, the beer blanche, and the light. So. Sure, yeah. But I de- definitely, I value the, uh, I value the. Uh, uh, you got to do some R and D, and you got to keep it fun. Uh, otherwise, I mean, they're great people, but Gordon Beers just did what three or four beers really well. Yeah. And where are they now? Uh, so yeah, we got to figure out a way to get out of this, so where we're going to be able to produce all those fun beers, hoppy lager, yep. which we're not producing right now full time because of. Uh, tank space so get, get back to stuff like that regardless of whether they sell really well cool guys thanks so much always a great time hanging with you guys pleasure thank you cool. thank you guys so much for listening to the show be sure to vote for us as the best podcast in the valley link is in the show notes and also on a banner at tap a little bit behind on the voting right now but you can vote daily all the way up until november 30th so let's do this a win for us is a win for the arizona beer family so shout out to my man chris dodson for always doing extraordinary work on editing these podcasts fayuka for allowing us to use their music for our theme music thanks to the patreon supporters gerardo jaime chris odom jim flager marcus pina ryan colvin and nate wirt thank you guys so much for your support if you're interested in seeing what all is involved with being a patreon supporter go to patreon.com forward slash tap that easy podcast we're also a proud member of the hopped up network which is a network of 30 plus craft beer podcasts across the country go check them out hoppedupnetwork.com always remember stay awesome 